0: Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health Podcast. I have Edward Suwicki, the CEO of Think Twenty Labs. The website's the same. Think Twenty Labs and twenty is the number, not the word. So Ed, thanks for coming. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you doing, Richard? Doing yeah, good. Yeah.
0: Tell me about uh Think Twenty. What's the premise?
1: So the premise is um I've been I've been wanting to be in the industry for a long time. I've been studying cannabis for about twenty plus years and um just really kind of turned the corner in Maryland, um, medicinal cannabis became available. So I thought using some of my background, I mean, I've been building DNA sequencing labs, molecular biology labs for about the past 15 years. And I figured I wanted to bring that into this space. I mean, it's something that I've, I really enjoyed doing on the sequencing side. And then to be able to bring something cannabis related into it really made me want to move into the market. And a friend of mine that was at, I was previously at Illumina for about 11 years. He left as well. And um, we just decided to start this venture together. And then we met our other business partners, Michael Zendel and Steve D'Onofrio. And things kind of took off from there. So the, the premise behind Thing 20 is that we're not just a testing company. We want to encompass everything that we know about molecular genomics. And we also want to encompass everything about cannabis testing. So we... We hope that this okay. market, and we're going to help it evolve into kind of a personalized medicine approach,
0: but there's a lot of
1: things that have to happen to get to that point.
0: Okay. Um, when you talk about sequencing, are you sequencing literally the DNA of different uh, cannabis plants? Are you sequencing the epigenetic marks on the on the, uh, on the plant? Pretty I mean, much, what, what are you literally sequencing?
1: Pretty much everything. So, So what we're going to do right now, we're focusing mainly on getting our first two labs Open and fully operational, which the, our Maryland lab is fully commercialized, operational, and ready to go. Our Irvine facility is about two weeks out, three weeks out, maybe. And what we plan to do is not, is to not only offer compliance testing, but also offer quality assurance testing and then get more into the research where we'll be doing RNA sequencing, DNA sequencing, epigenetic work, proteomics work, metabolomic work, whatever idea a grower or processor or anyone comes to us with, we're we're willing to take on those research projects and help them design those projects.
0: But what would some of the reasons be to sequence the DNA, RNA, proteomics, all that, and metabolomics of of cannabis or of hemp to to really try to
1: understand what this plant can do? I mean, the plant itself obviously has been utilized for over 3,000 years as a, as a medicine for several cultures, but because of the recent stigma, it's The prohibition has prevented any type of research and really looking into the smaller molecules of this plant because we're not just talking about the cannabinoid profile we're talking about the terpene profile we're talking about how the different small molecules within the plant react with the cannabinoids react with the terpenes react with other small molecules and how that can help with with moving you know medicine forward with helping people overcome ailments things of that nature because the problem is that a lot of these statements that are being made, there's no research to truly back them up. So we need the mm-hmm. research. And in order to do the research, we need the federal funding. So right now, I mean, because it's legalized in the states and CBD and hemp are you now legalized and you can access them, the research is, it is moving forward. But I think we need full legalization across at the federal level to allow real research to happen because THC plays an important part, too. And we really have to look at all the cannabinoids and not just eliminate THC because it's it, it le- you know it, it's been known to cause a psychedelic reaction, whereas a little bit of THC works in synergy with the other cannabinoids to help with different ailments and things of that nature. And that's what a lot of the research is starting to show.
0: Well, I mean, I know there's different types of, uh, you know, cannabis, they have different effects, sometimes very different effects. So it just can't be only the THC. You know, unless there are different types of THE, you know, enantiomers or whatever it may be, all the other chemicals involved, like you said, the terpenes and, you know, cannabinoid profile. I mean, all that has to play in a role. Exactly. Otherwise, again, we wouldn't have different effects, right?
1: Exactly. And that's we're, that's really what we're, we're here to find out. Right. First and foremost, we want to make sure that the product is safe for consumers. We want to make sure the product that processors and manufacturers are getting is safe. So we test the whole pipeline but we also want to see exactly what combination of terpene profile, cannabinoid profile of what helps solve some of these mysteries that we just, we just can't crack. I mean, for instance, if you look at, you know, like Dr. Sanjay Gupta's special weeds and Charlotte and Charlotte's Web and how much you know CBD was instrumental in helping her stop having 300 seizures a week and knock it down to one or two. And now she's developing at a normal rate and it's been years. She was only supposed to live to about eight years old, and I think now she's she's probably twelve or older. So this is it's it's just amazing, and the mystery behind it all can really be unraveled with science. And now we have the tools and the ability to actually do that.
0: Um, are you studying only the consumable portion of cannabis, or are you trying to study the whole plant? You know, the root system, the you know, the stems, the you know, all the other elements of it. Is there anything there Absolutely. to be learned right now, or is there yes. too much to learn? just from the consumable portion.
1: Well, there's so much to learn. I mean, for instance, we we actually did the first real draft map of the proteome and we found about 17,000 proteins and now it's just kind of it just opened a bigger box to where we we know that there's so much that hasn't been learned yet. So now we're diving into metabolomics, the smaller molecules, genetic profiles because like you said, I mean, there are so many different strains and we're we're trying to sequence as many as we possibly can to see where the correlations are between what what can help and what you know tends to not do anything at all
0: what about the microbial component i mean plants definitely have um, you know for instance nitrogen fixing bacteria their root system seems to house a lot of different microbes i would guess that there's probably a microbial or microbiome associated with the consumable portion of cannabis versus the rest of the plant has anyone even thought about that or looked for it that's something
1: that we're kind of trying to dive into now. I mean, it's been a really, really interesting adventure the past couple of years because things are changing at a rapid rate. Like, we we didn't expect hemp and CBD to be to, to make such a huge impact. I mean, when we put our business plan together, it was all about compliance testing and, and and research in the compliance realm. Now we have a ton of hemp and CBD customers that we're we're working with, and we're actually working with the the local farmers here in in Maryland. To develop a program that does test for everything that we do check the soil we do check the roots of the plant we we monitor the plant throughout the whole growing process not only checking potency but also measuring all kinds of other different values to see what is making an impact we're also charting anything any differences that they have within their fields because we're, we're we're big data guys and we love data so what we're doing is mapping out regions of their grow which plants grow best where. Um, which type of soil content is in what part of the field. So that's part of our future plans to really work with hemp farmers and give them an idea and, of how to optimize their grow.
0: So uh, again, with all the possibilities, what's first, what's most important and why? What are you going to look at?
1: So with, with all the possibilities, I think the most important thing right now is making sure things are safe. Working with the consumers because of the huge vape cartridge scare that's going on right now and we're finding out a lot of it's coming from the black market, uh, basically just having tests available to where we can make sure that, that these, are, these samples are pesticide-free. And then after we get compliance fully locked down, we, we want to really focus on starting to sequence the strains, taking a pharmacogenomic approach to try to see if there is any correlation between different strains and how people's genetic makeup uh, have them react to those strains. So, for instance, you know, you know, the cytochrome P450 family is responsible for drug metabolization. So we really want to find out how an individual will react to a sativa, to an indica, to, you know, Gorilla Glue, to to Blue Dream, whatever that strain may be, and to see if it will honestly help with their ailment. So the future holds, and we actually are doing this now, putting QR codes on all of our products. So if it's T20 tested, you'll have a QR code that we will send you. It'll even put it on your all of your products. It's linked to that specific product, that specific SKU. It'll pull up. A customer can go into a dispensary or even to a grocery store that's selling a CBD product, scan the QR code, it'll pull up a report with some creative work at the top. And then if you scroll to the bottom, you can download the full report. You can, there will also be promo offers and tutorials because we really want to educate the consumer as to what is a terpene profile? Or what do cannabinoids do? How can this pesticide affect you? We really want the consumer. To be able to access all this information, and we're going to provide it for
0: them. So, you were talking about a scare in, uh, I guess, e-cigarettes or vaping. What can you talk a little bit about that, and where that came from, and what the problem is or appears to be? Yes,
1: oh, of course, of course. So, what what we've seen, and um, there was I was just listening to a news article this morning um, about 15 products that were tested by a, a lab out in California called Canna safe and basically, out of in 13 of those 15 products, they found vitamin E acetates. Which is fine as a topical, and it's fine as a supplement, but it's really something that you shouldn't smoke. And they also found high levels of pesticides. I think one pesticide that turns into hydrogen cyanide was um, 51% higher than the than the limit that's allowed. So it's it's honestly the the black market is what's what's hurting the legal market is because now people are under the perception that all vape pens are bad. When again it's it, could potentially just be all black market vape pens. We just don't know.
0: Yeah, that's horrible. Hmm. Yeah, it's super important, I guess, to to really find out who's making what. And uh I mean, are there any controls on you know makers and purveyors of CBD? I mean, certainly. No. Well, I, there are not. I guess that's, you would think medical marijuana there is, but maybe there's not. I don't know. Yeah. Oh no. So
1: medical cannabis there that there is. If you go, every state has their own set of rules. I mean, there's pass/fail. We have criteria for Maryland. We have criteria for California. We know exactly what passes or fails in the report. With CBD, there there is none. There, there there is no criteria. So we're kind of in a in a very very strange place where because we've tested products that people have sent in, and some of them have no CBD in them at all. Some of them have a Schedule One narcotic that was that's over in the UK. It's not a Schedule One here, but it's an additive of MDMA. We have. Um, stuff come in with pesticides, heavy metals. I mean, and we really can't do anything except report out what we find. And luckily we've worked with some really great companies and we report stuff like that out. They're quick about fixing it. So that's really, that's who we want to work with. We want to, we want to make sure the consumer's safe. And we also want to make sure the clients are safe, that they're getting good product from the farmers that they're sourcing it from, or from the grows they're getting things from.
0: Yeah, it's funny. There's this terrible trade-off. You know, people don't want regulation necessarily. They don't want to be messed with. But if you don't have it, then you get all kinds of possibly junk, you know, and and bad things in your uh, in your products. So it's like a I don't know it just seems difficult. The difficult trade-off, from what I can see.
1: Oh, it is. It is very much so. I I highly agree. It's 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 crazy because just just like you said. I mean, people want to be safe, but they also don't want the government overstepping. But in this type of situation, I mean, there are things that, that are, are being put into these products in, in, in the black market that should not be in the human body. So I, I honestly believe that the only way to truly move forward would be to end end prohibition and put standards in place similar to what
0: the states that have legalized have in place. Difficult thing. How about, how about the uh, exciting part? Are you at the point where you've analyzed, you know, cannabis and looked at again, the cannabinoid profile, the terpenes, everything else, and found some interesting correlations that aren't discussed. And I don't even know if there's literature, if there's any peer-reviewed literature on it, but have you found anything interesting to report?
1: Yes. So we've actually been working on a really, really cool assay where um, we're using the um, metabolomic profile and we're able to differentiate between strains. So we're able to actually tell if a strain is a counterfeit strain or an actual strain because these samples tend to cluster next to each other. And we can see if you, have, if you have an outlier. That's one of the really cool things we've been working on. Um, obviously when we, when we get product and it's, it's, it's nice and clean, it's, it, it, the potency looks great. We're really happy to provide those results. Um, we've done a lot of work. One of our exciting partnerships is with Cannabis MD. Um, we've run several samples for them that they now feature on their website and their CPD shop. So you can see the full reports from our lab on, on there. I mean, a lot of the other cool stuff is just like going to the grows and and talking to the farmers, like walking through these fields and, and seeing something that in Maryland five years ago they would have been arrested for, but now it's, it's, hemp is federally legal and I can just walk through a hemp farm and it's, it's, it's just great to see how things are progressing in such a short amount of time. I think that's the most well, exciting thing. is seeing the progression.
0: No, the progression is great, but any, I don't know, so you can differentiate strains, but uh, I don't know, have you found any molecular basis for some of the effects of cannabis for instance or the effects of different types of strains or i don't know what what interesting real hardcore science science stuff have be found
1: so basically the, the thing we've been focusing on the most is the proteome so defining those 17,000 proteins and annotating them took a lot of work that was really cool because it's something that's never been done um working with a a couple of companies, I I really can't mention them right now because we're we're still trying to figure out how we want to move forward, taking a pharmacogenomic approach where they, they have algorithms that they've set up. So they basically have already created the DNA sequencing tests or the, the 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 data pipeline for what they need and they've already figured out which alleles, which star alleles affect the patient and which you know how it metabolizes certain strains. So that's some really interesting stuff going on in the background now. But again, I'm under NDA with, with two of these companies, so I really can't say too much about it. But it is definitely tying in a genetic report from a patient, showing them how their genetic makeup could potentially affect how they metabolize drugs.
0: What uh, would be cannabis. some of the yeah? What would what, what have what has science seen if someone is a, a good metabolizer, a bad metabolizer? Like, does that mean that it's very difficult to have a standard dose of any given drug because? there's such huge variation in how people metabolize it that one dose could be effective for someone not effective or deadly for someone else.
1: Exactly. And, 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 and that, that's what we've seen. It's cannabis would never be deadly. I mean, in the history of it, no one has ever, I mean, you, I think they did a calculation like you had to smoke 15,000 pounds in a certain amount of time to actually o- overdose from it. But what happens is you get overly paranoid. So if someone's a slow metabolizer, what happens is that that chemical tends to stay in your body longer. And it causes paranoia. So somebody who's a slow metabolizer could suffer from paranoia and, and anxiety if they take if they take too much of a dose. So it's really about trying to figure out if they're an ultra metabolizer, it just goes straight through, so they really don't feel much of an effect, and they need a higher dose to get the same feeling as someone who's a low metabolizer. So you have it's really a balancing act right now because you, we have to figure out how much a normal dose is is, is going to be, and it varies. For all of these different products, and then we also have to figure out how a person metabolizes the drug. And Genomics is only a small fraction of what causes what, what, what ultimately makes you an ultra poor or a normal metabolizer. Because you also have to take into account diet and exercise and environment things like that. So it's really it's just it's so new and it's so cool to just be at the at the forefront of it. And eventually we'll see how all of this ties in. But yes, you you can clearly see that that people are how people metabolize cannabis definitely has an effect on how they react to it.
0: What do you think will be the biggest levers that you're going to investigate? I mean, you know, a lot of things can and do affect, you know, how we metabolize cannabis for instance, but I don't know. I mean, since, since there is so much to look at, how do you decide where to start and what are some things that you're particularly excited about?
1: So I, I think the best place to start is
0: two, two routes.
1: Basically, we first take the human profile. So we need to do more research into you know, the pathways of metabolization and how they're affected from the, from the genetic makeup of the actual person. And then we have to look at the plant as well. So we have to, to take the genetic profile, the epigenomic profile, the RNA profile, and we have to kind of figure out a way to tie it all in together and see where the correlations start to lie. So that is what I think is, that's going to be the most poignant. That's going to give us, it's going to point us in the right direction. It's going to give us some type of map as to where to to go, because we, there's just so much to learn. And I really think that if we start with the genetic profile of of the patient and also start with the genetic profile of the plant, we can kind of start to see if there are any correlations there.
0: Interesting. Yeah, it's funny. You, I guess I wouldn't think at first blush that uh, anyone would go to this extent with, with cannabis. But I mean, it's a super useful. Well, hemp is a super useful plant. Actually, you know what? Oh, one yeah. thing I thought of is, um, you know, in some places, hemp is illegal. It makes no sense. Um, with your methods, you truly could differentiate whether a given batch of, of plant is hemp or cannabis. If it has any possible psychoactive effects on somebody and therefore would be considered safe or acceptable or not.
1: Oh, exactly. Exactly. I mean, the, the federal definition of hemp is, is basically because cannabis is hemp. <laughs> hemp is just cannabis that has uh, 0.3% THC or lower. So, and, and it also varies because over in Europe, I think it's 1%. You're going to have 1% THC. Even with 1% THC, you're not going to get that uh, a, a psychedelic effect. So, we can easily test to see if a product is, is compliant. And that's why, with a lot of our hemp farmers, the majority of their testing is potency testing. At the end, usually in the beginning and at the end, they do a full panel to check for heavy metals and pesticides and everything else, but they do a ton of potency testing all the way up until they har- harvest a plant because they really want to make sure it stays below that
0: 0.3 threshold. Hmm, interesting. Um, I, I mean, so that's already done, That's that testing is in use, and uh, that does differentiate yes. hemp versus psychoactive stuff? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, we're doing about 10 to 20 of those tests a, a day. I mean, we've, we're getting samples in all the time. There are 65 hemp farmers in Maryland alone. And we we don't just service Maryland for hemp and CBD because you can actually ship it. So we have customers sending us
0: product all the way from Oregon. Are people at the points? Um, interesting. Well, I guess another question is, we're, so how fast do you see this evolving? And what are some of the first areas in which uh, there's going to be additional testing on, you know, on cannabis and hemp?
1: I, I really see this evolving at the state level. What what I've seen is a lot of states have already implemented mandatory testing for for hemp and CBD products, um, just because it's needed. It's not done at the federal level. It's not regulated with the FDA. But to really make sure that the consumer is safe, I think it's smart for these states to kind of step in and say, "Listen, you are not allowed to sell product unless it's fully tested." So yeah, I think no, that's no, going so, yeah. So, so. yeah, I think that's. I think hmm. testing is going to be the. I think people are really starting to pay attention to it now because of what, you know, what, what's happened recently with the vape scare, but also, you know, making sure that, that the, the hemp that is sent falls within federal guidelines. Um, also make, making sure that, that the end user is getting the product that they're told they're getting and also making sure that the manufacturer is getting the product from the grows that they say they're getting. So I think the evolution is truly going to be how, the lab space evolves and becomes a very, very important part of this entire process because it kind of plays like the gatekeeper. You're just making sure that everything is correct and everything's in line. And what we do as a company is we don't we don't put people on the news. We don't put people out there. We basically try to work with our, uh, our clients. And we say to them, you know, this is what's in your product. Let's work together to try to get this fixed. And at the end of the day, if, if they're a company that... That doesn't want to work with us and doesn't want to correct the problem, then we just don't work with them. But luckily, I mean, all the people that we've worked with have been great.
0: So, so you said there is peer-reviewed literature. Um, I mean, who is funding research into hemp and cannabis, and, and are there particular publications that specialize in it, or uh, you know, what kind of people are, are working in this field?
1: Yeah, so, so so there are some universities that are doing some research. Um, a lot of it's private. Um, for instance a company medicinal genomics just worked with a private investor to uh to do a lot of sequencing of um of some cannabis plants. Uh there is some cannabis focused literature out there. You're starting to see more articles pop up in um conventional scientific journals which is very promising to me because it just shows that it, there's getting there's a lot more interest in the space and, and things like that. So I think as you'll see one-offs here and there like I've read quite a few in in prominent journals but I really think that we'll start to see an influx of peer-reviewed articles in the coming months and years, especially around the cannabis
0: space. Very good, very good. So where's the best place to find out more? How can people get in touch?
1: Oh, uh, The best place to find out about Think20 or the best place to find out about cannabis?
0: <laughs> oh, well, cannabis is a million places, <laughs> but uh, in particular, Think20. Yeah, how do how people oh, get in touch with, with you or the company and find out more?
1: I would definitely suggest going to our website first. Um, we have a ton of information there. All of our bios are there. Um, we have a great team. Uh, basically, you can also go to Cannabis MD's website, um, go to Shop CBD, and you'll see us there as well. Um, videos of, of our lab in Irvine, uh, some of the testing that we perform. And we're going to be adding more and more scientific content with Cannabis MD to that site as well. So this is a this this relationship just started. It's going to continue to evolve, and we're going to be putting out science articles and tutorials and things like that there, along with our website
0: as well. Well, very good. Well, I appreciate you coming on the call. Thanks, Ed. Oh, thank you for having me. Appreciate it, Richard. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain,